your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Tanner Hendricks and otherwise known as T-Bone. I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. We're going out to the hotline to be joined by the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber here on 101 ESPN. Curves, how you doing today, man? Brandon, doing well today. How are you? Uh, doing very well. The Blues are doing pretty well right now. I'm kind of conflicted on how to feel about that because it's great to see them performing. It's not so great to see them dropping in the draft standings, <laughs> but I'll live with it, Curbs. I wanted to ask you about who I think was the star of last night. I did end up earning uh, first star in that game, and that's Jakub Vrana who now has eight goals since March 9th. That's over the course of 11 games. He's a plus five while on the ice as well. Curbs, the only players in the NHL that have more goals in that stretch than Jakub Verana are Matt Boldy, who's I, I think had three hat tricks in that stretch, and Clayton Keller. What are we watching right now with Verana? Can you put some context on this? Well, I think we're seeing a hockey player whose confidence is starting to come back. I think his statement, his comments uh, in Detroit when you know when he met the media uh, when the Blues were up there, I think spoke some volumes when it said that he was really hoping he was hoping that he would have a chance to regain the trust of the, you know, of the Red Wings after, you know, the, the situation that he had that happened. And again, I don't even know what those details are. It was, you know, he, he went and he uh, took part in the player assistance program. So um, I think he, he's a player that had a chip and something to prove on his shoulder. And so he's, he's a player that was worthy of Steve Eiserman giving him a $5 million contract. And now the blues have Detroit eating half that salary this year and next. So, to get this player at two and a half million going into the final year of a contract with something to prove, you have a highly motivated player. You also have a player that's coming in, and yeah, he's on the third line right now with Braden Shen, but he's playing with Braden Shen and Brandon Sott. You know, and Braden Shen once again is on pace for another sixty-point season and uh, and just another terrific year with the Blues. Brandon Sod could clip the twenty-goal plateau yet again. So he's playing with really good players. Some of the time he's spent in the top six as well. So he's getting opportunity that maybe some of that opportunity wasn't there to play with some veteran guys. So how do you put that all into perspective in terms of next year? I really don't know because the other thing right now is, you know, these guys, these guys are playing for pride. They're not playing for a playoff spot. They're not playing with all the pressure of of, of everything going on. So um, I I think you have to be somewhat encouraged and excited with what you're seeing and there's potential. Uh, But at the same time, you just kind of got to temper it and, and keep it in a certain, I think, realm of perspective there. 
Curbs, I love the comment from Falk last night on our postgame show where he told you and Joey, quote, we're more dangerous up front when you asked him about Verona and Kapanen and, of course, Sammy Blay. And Joey and I were talking postgame just about the identity of this team. Are we starting to see them become that transition team that Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube have been trying to acquire over these last few seasons? No, I, I, I don't know, Alex, to be honest with you. I, I think uh, because really what Justin Falk was referring to uh, is we're more dangerous. I, I think it was he was referring more to the question about speed and, and what they've brought, and, and their speed has definitely been noticeable. you know. But I, I don't think that you're putting Verona or Kappen in, in, in the realm of Ryan O'Reilly you know, in terms of uh, in, in terms of how good that hockey player is yet. It's so, you know, for me, when he's talking about dangerous, he's talking about the speed that uh, that you had. Vladimir Tarasenko never used his speed uh, enough, and, and Ryan O'Reilly obviously was starting to slow down. So, you know, for me, seeing those two guys that have the kind of skill they have, the ability to shoot the puck, uh, capping in the, the defensive responsibility with that speed, I, I think that's where we're seeing the difference. In reality, when it comes down to you know the identity of this team, we're not going to know that guys until we won't even. Know, I don't even think we're going to know it in August when Doug Armstrong said, you know, when you start to have your team pretty much set, because the real identity of this team is going to start to show when the Zach Deans, the Zach Boldukes, and the Jimmy Snuggerudes start to to turn pro and determine what you really have, because part of this turnaround and how this team is going to play is really hinged on that next wave of players coming in. Am I, over, opinion, at least. am I overestimating the impact that we've seen from Verona then? Because, Curbs, I've been super excited by it. He he looks like a potential 30-goal scorer, and he's been close to that in his recent past. I, I brought up today the possibility of, I mean, he's going into the final year of his contract next year. It is a totally reasonable number for the Blues. I would even consider approaching him about an extension to try to lock it in at a much lower number than would otherwise uh, be available to you. Am I overreacting to a small sample size that we've seen from Verona? It's okay if you say yes. I, I do that sometimes. No, no. Here, no. Here's the thing. I don't know if you're overreacting. I don't, I don't think anybody's overreacting. I, I think I think you've seen signs that, that are very encouraging and reasons to be positive. You know, but if you listen to the comments of Craig Berube when he talks about Verona, he talks about yeah, we, we you clearly see his speed and his offensive ability. You know what, what you don't see yet is some of the de- defensive responsibility that is so critical to Craig Berube. Um, and, and so that's why I, I think you're seeing a lot of the positives and, and a lot of good things. So there's reason to be, you know, optimistic and, and, and maybe even excited. But I just I don't I think you want to temper it and not go too far. Like, for example, yeah, the Blues are getting him at a great rate. But Verona looks at himself as a five million dollar player right now because that's what he's getting paid half by us, half by Detroit. You know, uh, there's absolutely no need with any of these guys to rush into re-signing them and into doing anything because, like I said, you know, the next real step for this team is going to be how do you manage the draft, what players potentially come out of that draft, both in terms of either pick or do you turn it into an NHL player with some of the picks you have? How does that look? Is there somebody on the free agent market that Doug is interested in? And then how do these guys fit in? So I think what Doug did, and 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 he did this, he did it a little differently than he did in you know, like 2010 to 2014, but he still did it. He went out and he found two veteran hockey players that have been around the league now for you know four, five, six years, going into their 26th year, 27th birth year, and and on expiring contracts, so they're motivated. He was able to get one via trade, uh, and he was able to get one off the waiver wire. 
and he brought in veteran players that you can rely on. So you don't have to play Jake Neighbors in the top six if he's not ready or maybe needs to take a step back. You don't have to rush somebody else in there, and the team still can be competitive. And, you know, if, if you can do a turnaround where you're starting to make that U-turn while you're playing as a 500 team, boy, that, that could leave you in some really good shape. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it, it's wrong to look at it that way, Brandon. I, I just think you've got to keep it still in certain perspectives of where this entire team is trying to go over the next few years. Final question for Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Kerbs, I, I do wonder, we've seen the Blues right at the bottom of the league when it comes to face-off wins since the trade deadline. That's not a big shock, especially with Buchnevich right now uh, taking so much time at the center position. He's winning about 35% of his face-offs since making that full-time transition over to the center position, Curbs. I, that's not like the end-all be-all of being a center, but that number does feel like it might be too low to be a full-time guy at that position. What have you seen from him so far in his transition? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, in, instead of my opinion, I'll, I'll give you Steve Ott. I talked to Steve Ott about this in Anaheim. I said, okay, you've now seen him at center for about 10 games. Where is he at? Uh, one, you've got a guy that's eager to learn, wants to learn, that's coming back. He might play a game or he's going, uh, you know, he, he's having a hard time against a right-hander, and he comes back to the bench and he says, what am I doing where do I need to go? And there's two things Steve, Steve Ott said. He said the one thing he's still working on is just getting that base, knowing, knowing just how to line up so you're comfortable on it. He goes, that's going to come. The other thing he's doing, he goes, he's building a Rolodex. He goes, you go around the National Hockey League. He goes, he's going to, and this is before the L.A. game, right? He goes, he's going to go up tomorrow night and face off against Kopitar a few times. And, uh, and, and he's going to start learning how Kopitar does it. And then the next time he plays Kopitar, it's going to get even better. He goes, and this is just part of a process. So uh, they are not at all disappointed in where he's at in that category because they know he's working on it. Steve Ott is a really good coach, maybe one of the best face-off coaches in the National Hockey League. And there's so many little nuances of, you know, where, where the skate of the linesmen are and things like that that most people don't think about, that from the coach's standpoint, they are perfectly fine with where he is right now and, and continue to think he's got real potential to be there, and they're going to give him the time to grow into it. How good does he need to be on the dot to be able to be a full-time center, in your opinion, Curbs? Well, I mean... Not right now. I'm not saying, like, tomorrow night he needs to be immediately a 50% winner, but... Yeah. When I looked the other day, the worst like full-time center at the position when it comes to the face-off wins was like 43%. Does he need to get there? Is that kind of Well, we're talking yeah, about? listen, keep in mind that I think last year, I think Robert Thomas finished right at 50, right? And, uh, and prior to that was in the, the mid-40s, and this year's finally taken off. So you, you look at that scenario. Ivan Barbashev was a pretty regular center and was always around 40, 45. He'll have to get to that 45 range to me but I, I just think that he's got the kind of hockey smarts and the hockey sense that he could get to, to the 50s and be better than that it's just going to take time because guys it, and we ought to do that we ought to get Steve out on uh, at some point here maybe once the season ends because when you talk face-offs with Steve Ott, deal and you think of some of up. the nuances and stuff he's doing like guys this it, <laughs> it it is so much more detailed than most people realize and uh, we, we maybe could probably help some fans out with it because stuff like just the angle, just the angle of where, where the other center stick is tells you how it's going to go. He, he, he gave me a hell of an education in Edmonton, you know, earlier in the year when we were talking about faceoffs and, and this hockey team. And so it's, uh, there's some nuances to it and it takes some time to learn, but you have a smart hockey player and a good hockey player that wants to learn it. And to me, those are the key pieces there. Curbs, you 
tells Steve Ott, yeah. come on, we will sign up for that whenever we'll he's available as as the to season's do over. so. Uh, Curves, we appreciate the time, man. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Enjoy the trip. All right, guys. Have an awesome week.